G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And some great conversation ahead over this next hour, one you can participate in and one you'll love if you love to take photographs. And who doesn't? Uh, Who doesn't have a mobile device these days that can take a photo when you're in the right place at the right time? Well, today our special guest is arguably Australia's best-known photographer. He says his basic philosophy is best summed up in these words of truth from the Bible. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Well, they're great words from someone who appreciates the finer points of what it is to capture beauty in their photography. Well, Ken Duncan has released more than 50 titles. He has sold millions of books around the world. You will not be surprised to hear that photographer Ken Duncan holds a deep Christian faith and it fuels his creativity. And he's not just passive as a Christian, he's active in a number of Christian projects And his latest book, The Spirit of Australia, features some of his best ever landscape photographs with carefully chosen Bible scripture to draw attention to the beauty of creation. Ken Duncan, I want to make a special welcome back to 2020. Well, thank you, mate. Nice to be with you. Well, Ken, uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. And there's so many different dimensions to your career and the things that you're involved in right now. But let's uh, let's just a quick mention uh, for your new book, The Spirit of Australia. You've got two versions of this. There's going to be one for a sort of a mainstream market uh, with your photographs. Another version of this has uh, Bible verses carefully selected yeah. that highlight some beautiful things about your photos. Tell us about your new your new book. Well, look, what happened is the book trade actually approached me and said, Ken, you need to put out another book. We need another book from you. And that's very rare that they approach you. And when I was doing it, I've been doing this uh, special uh, book called Reflections. And it's beautiful verses put to pictures to really help, you know, inspire people. And, and I often sew Christian verses through that. But I just determined to do this time. I said, okay, we'll do one for the trade. And that was called Australia Wide, Reflections Australia Wide. But I thought, you know what? I want to put one with just Christian verses. Because really, when it comes to quotes and stuff like that, you're not going to get any better than the Word of God. So we did a Christian version, which is the Reflections, and it's called Spirit of Australia. And to tell you the truth, that's my favorite one (laughs) and it's been received so well but you can only get it through us or through um kurong at this stage and but uh you know a lot of people are are, are wanting the christian version over even just the other one so it's exciting interesting what difference it can make to a photograph when there is a christian scripture caption on there because all of a sudden it changes 
changes the values of everything that you uh, included in that photograph. I mean, it does make a difference when you've got a scripture attached. Look, it does because, you know, life is very stressful and I think there's so many things going on. I mean, if our hopes in politicians were in trouble, if our hopes in global economics were in trouble, it, our only, only real hope is through Christ. And, you know, in this world I'm not concerned or worried because I know my destiny is not determined by humanity, it's determined by God. And we've got to get back to that. We've got to sometimes get back to the big picture. And so that's what we've done here. You've got beautiful pictures of nature and you just it sort of opens your heart and then you can just pop in a scripture that really um, really encourages you because that's what you need to, to feed yourself you need to in this stressful times you need to feed your spirit and there's nothing better than the word of God to feed your spirit and your eyes are opened by the beauty of his creation Ken, let's come back to that scripture I mentioned in the introduction. Uh, said this is mm. uh, the scripture that drives you. That Romans chapter one verse twenty. For since yeah, the creation yeah. of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, clearly seen, being understood from what's been made, so that men are without excuse. Uh, interesting to hear that that is a driving force behind your creativity because a picture looked at by two different people, a picture looked at by someone who does not know God uh, is just a nice picture, but a picture looked at by someone who does know the Creator, then you actually are interpreting beauty in a whole different way. Get a little bit philosophical for us here, uh, Ken, uh, you know, the the way that that scripture drives you and uh, the beauty that you see in creation. Well, look, often people say to me, you know, how do I know God's real? And I just say, listen, open your eyes. Hello, look around you. This did not happen by chance. And the thing is, often the only thing blocking the light in people's life is their own shadow. They're so in control that they think they've got it all covered. Look, even if you had all the knowledge of all humanity compared to God, you're dumb. And, you know, for me, that's why I call myself an average photographer with a great God. Because when you humble yourself before the beauty of creation around you, that's when God can start to speak to you. Often it's our own pride that blocks us. I'm in control. I'm in control. Look, we're traveling on a planet at 108,000 kilometers per hour hurtling through space. And you really think you're in control, you know? So, and I don't like to get, I don't want to get religious on people because that's the last thing people need. All I say to them is, look, just be open. Just say, throw some prayers out there. Or just, for me, it's talk to the universe if you want to. Because if God is real, he can show you who he is. And if God is the creator of the universe, he can actually show you who he is. But just be open to the possibility that he is true and he is real. And that's all people have to do. You know, Often people spend so much time fighting it that they just spend their whole life blocking the light in their life. Ken, when you take photographs, I mean, and look, you've taken so many photographs, uh, you're the only one who's got a a broad depth of, uh, of appreciation of the sorts of things that have worked for you when you've taken photographs. 
But the sorts of images that come to my mind of your uh, beautiful uh, photographic images are uh, that these are things of beauty. These have captured something as, you know, even the title of your book, The Spirit of Australia, and, and there's something inspirational about your photos. But do you take photos of ugly things as well? I mean, we talk about beautiful things. What about ugliness? Do you do you photograph ugly things, or do they get swept aside when you, uh, you? Obviously, you know you choose the sorts of photographs that commercially go well for you too. But but what about ugly photographs? Reflect on that for us. Look, I've done a lot of work in very hostile situations for you know World Vision, <coughs> different charities, <coughs> and um, for me though, I'm about focusing on the beauty because. As you sow, so you reap. And there's so much ugliness out there right now. The last thing people need is something like that. They need something to give them hope, something where they can see just this amazing moment, you know. And so that's what I'm focusing on, you know. And so, so I'm not often wait days or work on shots for years just to wait for that moment because I believe, you know, you can see a place, but then sometimes God does stuff that just you know it just goes beyond like for example our new exhibition that's launching very shortly in our gallery we're showing some shots of northern lights you know uh, and up in norway now northern lights you can get northern lights and you can get northern lights but when the aurora happened for us up there it just went off the rector scale and it was just so amazing that i uh, that i shot this shot that's virtually impossible to get because I did what they call a stitch. So, in other words, to get a large sense of space or so to be have a lot of detail, I just felt I should try and stitch it. In other words, do three or four shots to get the width and so you get a lot of detail. And I and I actually pulled one off. And and everybody's saying, how can you possibly stitch a moving subject? But it just for some reason stopped for a moment. <laughs> and I went... And I got it. And so now, you know, people would say I'm lucky, but I know that's just God. And look, after I actually did that shot, I put my camera down and I was there with a mate, Ray Martin, and he was there with me at the time. And we both just stopped shooting because we just looked up and said, how can anyone not believe in a creator when you see something like this? And the light was just dancing over the sky. And, you know, so... You know, like I sometimes you don't photograph. I got the photograph, and then I just sort of just was in awe. So you know, some of some of the pictures in the new exhibition, it's all about showing the awe of God. You know, like for me, I'm more interested in God's awe than man's ordinary. Look, I suspect there'll be those listening to our conversation now a little envious of your capacity to go to these exotic places uh, to capture photographs of the Northern Lights uh, or to have the freedom to go into the Kimberley or all around Australia and uh, those beautiful locations. But I just uh, take us back to early days because before you were famous... (coughs) Uh, this was not so easy for you, but uh, you had to go. You still had to go to those places to get the beautiful photographs. But uh, but it was pretty. It was pretty tight in those early days, wasn't it? Look, it, it always like for me. It's never been about money. It's been about following what I believe God wants me to do. And my our mission is to bring the beauty of God's creation, not in a you know religious way, but just to bring His 
beauty into people's homes and lives. So hopefully it'll act as a guide to see that there is a bigger picture and to bring some peace into this crazy world sometimes. And so that's really our calling. And, you know, often God will say, well, you know, go and do this, or I feel him telling me to go and do different projects. And when I did America, so we went and shot America, all 50 states, you know, and I didn't have enough money to start that. But then I just said, okay, God, if you want us to do it, we trust you, we'll start. And often with God, I've realized he often only, you only necessarily have enough to start. <laughs> and then you've got to really trust that God will help you finish. And I'll just tell you, never has he let us down. And, you know, I have an amazing wife. He's always been willing to say, well, darling, here we are again. We need to do this project. Are you prepared to put everything on the line? And she says, sure. We don't own it anyhow. God owns it. So having an amazing partner like that really helps. But many times we've put everything on the line to follow what we've really believed God called us to do. And often people say, gee, I'd like to do what you do. But are they prepared to sell everything and follow if they believe God's called them to do something? And that's not meaning they have to because, you know, not everybody's called to do what I do. But so, you know, and if we had lazy money lying around in a bank account, it wouldn't stay there. My wife is a fantastic giver and we're more interested in seeing how we can sew back. Because, you know, when we get upstairs, God's not going to be impressed by big bank accounts or the child on earth. He's going to say, well, what did you do with what I gave you to benefit humanity while you were there? Well, that's heartening to hear that in your passion and pursuit, uh, the gifting that you have, uh, and commercial business, as well as doing that thing which you can recognize that you have a gift from God to do, but the way that you've had to take steps of faith, uh, same for us whether we're pursuing some level of Christian yeah. ministry or whether we're pursuing Whatever. our career, our passion, our art, uh, this takes steps of faith and God is a part of that every step of the way. We had a Facebook comment from Kieran who says, When I feel closer to God... I appreciate the depth and beauty of things. Food tastes better, and I find myself appreciating the intricacies of music, film, and art more. This is something that when you're a Christian believer, and this is something that comes by testimony, everybody's different, got their own story, but reflect on this for a moment here, Ken, and uh, you've already begun to uh, talk about this, but when you have faith in God, when you understand that he is the transcendent creator of all things, and when you are connected with him, the world looks different. And I, I might venture to agree with Kieran, who wrote in there, the world looks better, the food tastes better, the film, the art, everything actually is better when you are a believer and understand this connection with the creator. It's funny because the food thing comes out loud and strong for me right now because I'm fasting. <laughs> okay. All right. So I probably agree with it 100% on the food. No, look, it is. Look, God is good. I mean, one of the things though, as Christians, it's about not just talking about it. It's about acting. You know, and yes, things are great, but, you know, a lot of people out there are doing it tough. And we are, you know, called to be ambassadors and people are watching us. And so it's not about what you say, it's about how you act. And, and, you know, there's no greater gift than to be able to help others. 
And that is really, truly the meaning to life. We're all in a race, but it's not a race where we race against each other. It's a race where we're all going to try and help each other to get to the end, you know. And so for me, and that's why, you know, I'm, for us, we're very involved with working with Indigenous people out in remote communities because you only have so much time on this planet. And how can we use that time to benefit humanity? What is God calling you to do in your life? You know, it's, life is more than just a big superannuation plan where you stack away a lot of money so you've got plenty of money for the end. We have a purpose and a calling, I believe, on earth. And usually it's always bigger than us because if it wasn't bigger than us, we wouldn't have to rely on God, you know. So, and for me, that's exciting, you know, like, uh, you know, God's spoken to Pam and I about working with the Indigenous people and we've been doing that for many years now. And for us, that is one of the most exciting things, seeing people raised up who, uh, in the creative uh, arts and but getting jobs and helping some of these remote communities, dealing with things like youth suicide. I mean... We, we heard of a, a young girl getting abused at the age of two in a remote community and we all go, oh, shock, horror, but what are we doing about it? And, you know, where are all the Christians? You know, where, what are we doing about this uh, shocking conditions that a lot of our Indigenous people are experiencing in remote communities? You know, there's, the government can't solve the problem, but I believe as Christians we have, you know, the ability to really help if we're willing to, you know, Get out there and be part of the solution. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. And Australia's best-known photographer Ken Duncan is our guest and talking through issues to do with beauty, creation and the techniques perhaps that you might use to even take better photos. Ken, as we look at some of the historical things that you have done i mean people will relate no doubt to uh, going back to 2003 uh, mel gibson invited you to shoot on the set of the passion of the christ and resulted in your oh, own yeah. book and uh, and of course uh, then that turned into a new york times best-selling book the passion uh, published by tyndale house and uh, yeah. those sorts of those sorts of opportunities uh, don't come everybody's way but uh, you were quite privileged to be invited to be a part of that photo shoot yeah, look, it was an amazing thing, and so I've known Mel for a long time, so I think he just really wanted to have a friend there because he was copying a lot of flack. And so, but it was just so exciting to be there because it was like you were taken back into biblical times. And when he shot it, it you know, the reason God chose Mel to do that movie is he didn't do a B-grade number. He did it world-class, and, you know, as Christians, we should always be looking to do things to the highest standard. You know, so that's what I was so proud about. And, you know, so much opposition came against him. I mean, the only time he's really hit such opposition was when he did that Jesus movie. And, you know, what's exciting is um, hopefully soon there'll be the second one. So, you know, watch this space. But, uh, yeah, it was a fantastic experience without doubt. Uh, another book from Ken Duncan coming, no doubt, with uh, with any new release uh, from Mel Gibson. But look, that led oh, on. We'll see. We'll see, how <laughs> yeah. we'll see how good the friendship is this time, eh? Oh, um, no. <laughs> he's, he's he's lovely, and you know. But um, the thing is that um, the book when we did the last one, it was we really felt that we just really needed to give people a deeper understanding of 
the story of well, what does Jesus say about love? What does he say about hope and faith? And because so many people were asking questions after that movie, and I'm so proud of him because he, he went against such opposition, and also all his financiers walked away because it was a Jesus movie. But praise God, in the end, it was so successful that, you know, God honoured him. And all the, the investors later on came and said, oh, wow, are you thinking you're doing another one? We'd really like to back that, you know. <laughs> so, so all right. That was great. You know, Put in a word God for us uh, next time you're talking to Mel Gibson, because with his new project, Beyond the Passion, uh, no doubt we'd like to talk to him too. Look, yeah. that led to another project, which was from Integrity Publishers to shoot the uh, the series Where Jesus Walked, and uh, you had the opportunity to go into the oh, Holy yeah. Land, and and th- that was another right. development on on all of these Bible land ideas. Well, look, I just really felt that it's really helpful when you can actually go to the places and see the places where these events happen because it gives you much more connection to the stories. And really, after the Passion of the Christ movie, it, I was already a Christian, but it made me realize the cost, the, what Jesus went through for me to make connection to God. But after that, you know, the opportunity came to follow the footsteps of Jesus and actually walk where he walked. And for me, that was amazing. So I thought, can, how can anyone doubt the reality of this Jesus when you follow all of this information? Like the evidence is overwhelming about jesus and so for me that was fantastic because it it just solidified what i already had but i often thought well why didn't more christians tell me about this rather than just giving me that oh you just got to have faith thing you know they should have sure you didn't need faith but there's a lot of evidence out there which helps faith become a lot easier and Uh, in the book there was yes sorry no no no, in your book sorry you go yeah, well, then, what with that book, that was, you know, we got that out there, and that was fantastic. And then the book that I did after that was Acts of the Apostles. Now, that really messed with me, because, you know, that whole day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles, who were hiding in the upper room, along with Mary, a whole lot of them, and fearful for going out, because they might also be crucified, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes upon them and then there's this transformation. And it's not just whether they speak in tongues or not. It's the transformation. One minute they're upstairs hiding. The next minute they're on the street proclaiming the gospel of Jesus and 3,000 got saved. And I, and me, you know, I'm a Pentecostal background. And, you know, so and I just thought, you know, am I that on fire for Jesus that I'm prepared to... You know, get out there and really share. And I I realized, my gosh, you know, these guys were really sold out for Jesus. And I was reticent, in a way, to do that book because I thought, this is going to really mess with me, this book, if I do this one. But I decided in the end, got to do it. And it did. It made me realize, you know, how it didn't matter if they knew they were going to get shipwrecked or that they were going to get, you know, anything was going to happen. They still turned up, and but God miraculously was with them through all these circumstances. And, you know, often we say we want to see miracles, but are we prepared to put ourselves in a place where we need a miracle? <laughs> and so, you know, doing the Acts of the Apostles was a great one for me because it forced me out of my comfort zone. And I had to just rely on God to provide the finances and, you know, like, 
Uh, in the past, I'd done books by getting sponsors on board, but when you're doing a book on um, Jesus, and it's sometimes not hard, it's hard to get sponsors, and you know, it's, the old ways weren't working. And then one day on the Mount of Temptations, when I'd been rung by my wife, and she's saying, "Look, things are really tight. You know, I've just got how am I going to pay these, and that, the staff, and my daughter's sick." And I'm thinking, "God, what's happening? Here I am doing this book." Hello, I can't be dealing with this. I, you know, Lord, you know what's going on? And then I realised that I'd taken control of this thing, and I thought, well, God, I can't do this, so I'm just going to keep going, and you're going to have to look after all that. And no kidding, the next day, supernaturally, people just rang up my wife. Oh, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do that? And all this money just came in. It was just, you know. So it's often when we take back things and start worrying and get anxious. We've just got to sometimes, if we're feeling overwhelmed, hand over the helm. Because if you're overwhelmed, that means you've taken control of the helm again. So, you know, this has been the journey. And, I mean, I love those books. And, um, you know, yeah, and I think people who have seen them would, would like them too. Just a minute and a half out from the news, and something I want to right. enlarge a little bit in the next hour after the news. But uh, you like to do things big. Uh, you've got a big project, uh, which is bigger, uh, you know, uh, in perspective uh, uh, than what most of us would would think is is within our realm. But uh, you've got the Hasts Bluff project, and uh, this is something that's been going now for some years. Uh, there's a yep. fundraising program going. You want to put a, a huge cross on top of Hasts Bluff in the Northern Territory. <laughs> <clears throat> Not on our stuff, on a mountain called Memory Mountain. All oh, right, okay. All right, okay. All and right. also, it's one thing too. It's not my project. It's their project, and okay. I'm just helping them because everybody often says, "Oh, Ken Dung's got this idea for a cross." No, it's their vision, and I'm excited to be able to help them. And they asked me to help them, and so that's how it sort of came about. So. All right, well, we will talk some more about that after Vision National News, the Hasts no, Bluff no. Project, uh, because you're wanting to get alongside people who wanted to do some big things and having a huge cross on top of, uh, what did you say the name of the hill was? It's called Memory Mountain. And Memory it's Mountain. One of the most spectacular viewing views you'll ever <laughs> see in the whole of Australia. We'll talk more about that after the news. Ken Duncan is our guest, back with more after Vision National News. Uh, I know there's a lot of detail to this, uh, but on Memory mm-hmm. Mountain, uh, the Aboriginal community there at Hasts Bluff wants to put a giant cross. Now, the significance of that, you might like to fill us in because uh, this cross is pretty significant and, and they're seeing it as their contribution to revival in Australia. Uh, take us back to yeah. the reasons why they want to put this cross up on top of Memory Mountain. Look, it, it have, I'm out there working with the kids um, you know, teaching photography, cinematography, music, and giving access to technology and developing that whole area. But because I had such a great relationship with them, there was a, a there was a celebration they were having at a special place called Memory Mountain, which is where they honour their Christian heritage. And you know, the Lutherans did some amazing work out in that area, and uh, still to this day. But what happened is they at this meeting where we had some other bands also there to join them, they had this vision to build this cross on top of the mountain. And, um, you know, at least three of them came to me and said, uh, 
talking to me about this vision, I'm, and I'm saying, well, that's great, yeah, good, good luck with that. And then and finally one of the elders said, he said, Ken, look, can, can you help us with this? And I'm thinking, okay, am I going to have to do all the work? And, you know, because I know them like family, and they said, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, get right, right behind it. And so I said, okay, because they said, look, we want this cross as a beacon in the heart of our nation to let people know that we are covered by Jesus, you know, and it's a prayer mountain where people can come and just, no matter what their faith or belief, they're all welcome to come and sit on top of this mountain, uh, you know, to bring people together. And I thought, well, that's a great vision. And so, to tell you the truth, when I first started, I thought we're going to be putting up a couple of 4B2s and a bag of cement or something like that. But it evolved from that point, just miraculously how the people with the engineers, now it's 20 metres high, it's amazing, and there's a big track all the way up the back. And So we've been raising funds and to, to do it, and uh, we've got the track all the way to the top now, which is just that alone costs us over $800,000, because obviously you cannot do it. You have to do it well, so there's no environmental damage to the mountain, and so we've done that. And now we've just got to raise about another $600,000, and we'll have the cross finished. We're about to start on the foundation, so it's exciting. And they're getting so excited because once it's finished, we're going to have a big, well, they're going to have a big celebration. And those people who've been part of making it happen will be invited to that celebration. And then there'll be Aboriginals coming from all over Australia to that event. So it's just people coming together. And that mountain is spectacular. And it's probably one of the most beautiful areas in the whole of Australia. From that mountain, you see three of the most beautiful mountains, the tallest mountains west of the Great Divide, Mount Sonder, Mount Zeal, and Half Bluff, all from that mountain. The interesting thing in in all of this is, uh, while we're talking about, you know, this is a big project, uh, you say there's a need for another $600,000 to finish this project. And uh, for some yeah. who will be saying, uh, well, what are they just, they're just putting up a cross on top of a mountain? But you're seeing something deeper here. Uh, you're seeing the symbolism of what this represents. Uh, you're seeing their history and what they're actually uh, bringing to this, uh, the whole story at Memory Mountain because it's remembering their Christian heritage. It's about revival. It's about indigenous evangelists. There's something deeper here that if you open your eyes a little, you can see the value of the symbolism yeah. they're trying to present. Yeah, look, it's in honour of their their heritage and um, they're a very strong Christian community out there and at the base of that mountain there's a monument to the four indigenous evangelists who first spread the gospel and it's much deeper than that and also you know they there's a lot more involved with that cross than people realize you know and the thing is that's up for them to share later on but you know when people come out there it's just amazing like you know I've taken people up there and you don't have to say anything you just take them up when they get it. And, you know, they're working... What I love about the Aboriginals, they are very much connected to the spiritual realm. You know, they and as Christians, they are very connected. They, We see miracles out there, lots of miracles, because of their openness. You know, they don't try and intellectualize and overanalyze. And so anybody who comes out there will be blessed to spend time with Indigenous people because they're just... They're so deep, and they they know so much more than we ever give them credit for. You know, so um, I believe it's going to be a really beautiful meeting place. And it, the thing is, it's their cross, and you know, often people come. Oh, you know, 
people try to attack and say, oh, you know, it's a wire cross. It's a sign of Roman imperialism or something. <laughs> or, you know, it's idolatry and all these ridiculous things. I say, listen, it's the vision that they've had and God's given that vision. And who are we to say that Indigenous people don't hear from God just like we do? And what are we going to do? Having, you know, a lot of people with opinions, usually it's just an excuse so they don't have to help. It's like when people talk about charities and things like that. And, you know, all those charities, they, you know, the money never gets to people. Well, you usually can guarantee those people never give anyhow. So, <laughs> so you know. Interesting so, yeah, when so you talk about fine. Aboriginal spirituality because they're living in a three-dimensional world uh, and you're the master of the two dimensions Ken uh, the idea that you know you've got a flat picture uh, but of course the reality yeah. is that we live in a three-dimensional world and there is a sense isn't there that when we are secularized as so many Australians are and uh, almost conditioned not to appreciate the bigger broader uh, transcendent realities of what God is doing uh, but uh, indigenous spirituality has this three-dimensionalness to it and uh, their uh, connection even with the creation story with dream time and uh, remembering their uh, Christian heritage here somehow or other we've got to shake th- shake free of the the idea of just thinking two-dimensionally and uh, and and bringing God into the big picture and switching the lights on and all of a sudden uh, everything makes a difference what are your thoughts on on seeing things in a bigger way well, to me, with photography, for example, you can actually try and create a third dimension by using certain ways, using foreground interest lines and everything like that, or shoot with a three-dimensional camera. But I really think it's beyond the third dimension. They are actually operating in the fourth dimension, whereby that's the God dimension, and where they believe like the Holy Spirit's just floating through the land and it's the power of God and his creation. Now... You've got to discern when it comes to this whole thing between some of the dream time and some of the Christian beliefs. You know, so I won't even go into that right now, but the base that they are very sensitive to the spirit is a big advantage. Like if you said to um, most indigenous people that you didn't believe in the spiritual realm, they would they probably wouldn't laugh at you because they're very gracious, but behind your back they'd say if that person doesn't even believe in the spiritual realm, they'd find it hard to fathom that's possible. So I and so I just think it's lovely to take people out there because this is going this cross is going to create tourism. It's going to create jobs. This is what really interests me. It's going to bring lots of people out there. It's going to give jobs for my kids and people out there who I've been working with for years. We're raising up photographers. There'll be tour guides. You'll be able to come out there. They'll take you out to the places, and it won't be like places like Uluru where you very rarely see the indigenous people because it's all being run by white people and national parks and all this sort of stuff. This will be a place where you can come out and really spend quality time with indigenous people and, and at the same time knowing that you're going to help create jobs for these, these people because, you know, Tony Abbott's all about creating, you know, uh, um, getting kids to school and getting education. But these people need connection to land. So what's the point of being educated when you come back and there's no jobs? What? We've got to send them off to the city so they can get jobs there and come back and visit their tribal lands for holidays? So we need to start creating and listening to what they want. And, you know, when people say, oh, you know, why building a cross? I say, you know what? They're wanting to do it. 
We're helping them. This is going to create great opportunities out there for the community. So why not just help? And so a lot of people are. And, and as Christians, we should be right out there. But some of our biggest givers aren't even Christian. They're non-Christian. <laughs> you know, so it's, yep. it's quite amazing, you know. And so I've got no doubt we'll get the finances needed because there's a lot of people out there who really want to see change. And, you know, all the government stuff is not working. But we have a responsibility as Christians or just as people to be part of the solution, not just leaving it up to the government and the process, which has just become out of control. Honour to you, Ken, uh, for using your gift uh, to work with the community there at Hast's Bluff. And as you say, uh, passing on skills in photography. And did you say cinematography as well? Did I catch that in your... We're going to be doing it all. And right now we've opened up the centre. You know, the cross is going to happen, but we've opened up an art centre. And, you know, thanks to, you know, the uh, the Liberal Party, they finally got through and gave us access to this building. So as we speak, we've got two fantastic, there's Andy Sorensen and Kathy Johnson. They're out there. They're, they're probably some of the greatest musical talents in this country. And, you know, Andy's experience in recording and that is, he, he just did that big song for the drought that's gone number one. And here they are putting aside all that and they're out in, you know, where I say they're out in Mars because <laughs> they're in this other place right out in the middle of nowhere, Hasbuff, and already they're raising up talents. You've got talent out there like you wouldn't believe and this is going to create jobs and then we're starting to roll in the photography and cinematography and we've got a lot of very talented, I don't want to use the names, we've got some of the top names in these industries all wanting to come out and be part of this program but to create real jobs and futures for these kids because they love storytelling. So look, for, you know, look forward to seeing some of the stuff that's going to come out of this Red Centre. Well, love your mission heartbeat in all of that and the activity that you've helped to generate there, Ken. And look, even mentioning those names, uh, Andy Sorensen, uh, Kathy Johnson, and for some of us that's a, a blast from the past, uh, not necessarily hearing them all the time uh, on the radio, but uh, a couple of musical talents there that were outstanding in uh, days gone yeah. by, and uh, and they're not spent forces yet. But uh, to oh, work no, with... you wait to see what's coming out from them, too. I mean... <laughs> As you do what God's called you to do, that's where the Holy Spirit is. People are often saying, you know, Holy Spirit, come. The Holy Spirit is where God's will is. If you really want to find his power, find out what God wants for your life, and that's where you'll find it, because he empowers you to do these things. And looking at these things through a different dimension too changes your idea of what you appreciate with your capacity to serve in mission here Ken because uh, for some people who look at the same landscape and say it's hot it's arid uh, there are lots of flies who will want to be there uh, but then you're looking at it and you're actually saying this is the most beautiful, picturesque scenery and these are the most beautiful people that you can imagine. I mean, there's different ways of looking at this. And let, just reflect on that for a moment, seeing the beauty in the opportunities that present themselves in mission in Outback Australia. Well, look, to tell you the truth, we have this mission mentality, but I think sometimes you go out there and you'll get more blessed and you'll be a blessing to them. And the thing is, because they just, just amazing. And, you know, flies, there's things that you can use, special 
things for those. And mad dogs and Englishmen go out in the <laughs> noonday sun. And so they know how to take you out into all these places. But, you know, it's just uh, it's so, so exciting what's happening out there. And I believe that this is the beginning of, uh, of where we can get a model to work this into other communities. Now, already other communities are approaching us, approaching us and saying, Ken, how can we do something in our community? And so it's getting a bit overwhelming right now, but we're just, if we can get it right out and ask Bluff, listening to what they want to do and, and create economic turnaround, I think this can be something great that other communities can look at. And look, there are some other really good stories going on in communities, you know, so if we can start focusing on those, I think we can really turn this thing around because I think it's the biggest shame in our country that there is no such thing as parity with our Indigenous people in remote communities. They are living in fourth world conditions, not third world conditions, and a lot of us are all off overseas saving the world, which is great too, while our own home is on fire. You know, So we need to deal with that thing. And it's not whether we're you know, Christian or not, whoever's listening, we can do it. Just go to walkawhile.org.au, look at what you can do, and you know, be part of it if you want to. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our special guest this hour, Ken Duncan. We're talking photography. We're talking all sorts of deeper things as well. But a Facebook comment from Nate who says, Being a Christian has definitely given me a deeper appreciation for creation, especially in my photography, knowing that what I am capturing is made by the hand of God really adds another dimension to my images. Uh, Some good thoughts there from Nate. And I don't want to go any further, Ken, without getting a few tips on taking the best photos. Uh, We've all got a mobile device. We all love to take photos of all sorts of things. Uh, What can you say that might be an inspiration or some expert tips that we can apply to our own photograph taking that will make all the difference? I think Nate said a pretty good one there. But just, if you want to be truly creative, be open to the fact that there could be something bigger than you. And so when you go to these places, you may have all these preconceived ideas. It may be a postcard that got you there. But try and think, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to tell this story? And be brave enough to throw it out there going, okay, whatever out there, <laughs> me, I know him as God, whatever, just throw up a prayer and say, show me, give me eyes to see what I'm really meant to see. Now that's when photography gets exciting. And, you know, stuff happens, you know, so that's the esoteric tip or the fourth dimension tip. But there's other things that you can do also is patient, be patient, wait, you know, and these things will begin to unfold. You know, often... And also, sometimes you're there for another purpose. You know, often I've been to a location and I've met someone and, you know, all of a sudden I found that that person's in need. So the next minute, forget the photo and we're all about this. And then all of a sudden out of that, the next minute some opportunity comes through relationship with that person that they take you somewhere. So be open to that sort of thing because a lot of people take photos, but what do they put back? You know, so this is very important. Sometimes, you you know, I think God often just gives us momentum and gives us ideas to go for something, but he's just trying to create forward motion. But just be just be always willing to hear that little gentle voice or whatever it is, the wind or whatever, 
that's trying to steer you in the right direction because, you know, sometimes we have so much momentum that nothing's going to turn us to the left or to the right because we're, we're, you know, we're so goal-orientated. I'm going to get this, and you may get that, but you may have missed exactly why you're there. So that's one of the greatest tips I can give. Um, and, you know, the rest is just the technicality and all that. Don't get so caught up in that because a lot of people get so caught up in the technicality and you may have a clinically, technically beautiful photo, but it's got no spirit. Well, that's beautiful advice because oftentimes we're talking about tips for better photography. Usually it's uh, buy a better camera, uh, learn to use use all of these other uh, elements that can filter and change your photography. And and it's almost, uh, and I imagine, and you might like to uh, comment on this, but uh, there's almost a never-ending new, uh, better uh, piece of equipment that you can buy. And some people are on that treadmill of just getting better and better and better and bigger and more expensive every time. Uh, where would you but, draw a line, Ken, as, uh, as to say this is, this is the equipment that you need to be able to capture the most beautiful images? It's not about the equipment. It's about using what you've got. And the thing is, sure, you can have a bigger camera and everything like that, but the, in a time when there's never been more photos taken, very little is being done with them. People are just creating digital mountains. Social media for me, I mean, I send things out on that, but it is no way to view the beauty of God's creation. I mean, hello, on your little phone? I mean, people live their life glued to their phone, and you're going to judge God's creation on some little picture you see on Facebook or Instagram. Like, So for me, I'm about showing pictures, big pictures, to try and get people you know, to fall into their pictures. And, and people need to print their work so that it becomes... A real photograph. For me, a photograph is not a photograph until it's printed. And that's why with the book, I mean, if you, you know, people say, oh, can I buy that as a little app? No, because I don't want you to view it on some little phone where you're not actually seeing the grandness and the detail of God's creation. I want you to be able to really fall into the pictures. So, you know, that's, it's not about the camera. And look, I've got a Lumix camera and I've got a one, you know, phase one, you know, 100 megapixel camera. But whatever, like I've shot shots with my Lumix, which is just, you know, a fantastic camera. And I've shot big prints with that. I could shoot anything with that. Well, whatever I've got, I can use it if I have to because it's about the image. It's not about the technology in the end. Mm. Well, Ken, we have run out of time. Uh, let me point people okay. to your new book. It's called Spirit of Australia, Bible Verses on Some of the Most Iconic Ken Duncan Images. You'll be able to get it uh, from Kurong, and uh, you can also go to kenduncan.com, wondering how you can get a hold of it, not near a Kurong store, not near a Christian bookstore to be able to get it, but kenduncan.com. Dot com, and you'd be able to order your copy of this sure. latest book called Spirit of Australia. Ken, great getting your heartbeat once again on capturing oh, thanks, the thanks. best of God's creation. All the best to you as you pursue some of these wonderful projects you're involved in. Thanks so much for being with us once again on 2020. No worries, mate. Happy Christmas, for, which is coming very soon to all your listeners. And may you find something for each of you to really bless someone. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.